Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody. This is the Spurs News Podcast. I'm back. I'm sure you missed me, both of you. Uh, this is Sam, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by my friend, Stefan. Mate, we've missed you, okay? We, we've missed having the leader back. Oh, really? Was, was it last week was Last week was fun. Yeah. Uh, but the whole time, I'm like, oh... What would Sam do? What would what would Sam do next? What would uh, Sam that's, do next? Uh, that's, that's a worrying thing for anybody to be thinking about, to be honest with you. But it, yep. is, it is nice to be back. It's very strange listening to this podcast when it's not me on it. But even stranger when I listen to it, and it is me, if that makes sense. Yes. Because I, I, I record this, <clears throat> I then edit it. So I do hear snippets of it back when I edit it. And then I end up listening to it because I'm always paranoid that I forgot to edit something yep. so when I listen to it I end up forgetting things I've said it's not like there's a massive amount of time passes either and I've listened to it at least three times already Yeah, and, no, then, I mean, and then I'll plug my earphones in and be like ooh I shouldn't have said that <laughs> yeah, don't you, well I had to do the editing ooh. last week and yeah. oh wow yeah I mean there's a lot more respect to you now Oh, thanks. Thank oh. you. It's kind. Of... I thought it was easy peasy. Just put two tracks together and off it goes. Nope. No, no. There is yes. It's a lot more in depth. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I do get quite cranky when I when there's an audio problem I can't fix. Because yeah. Um. Like sometimes. I mean, I've done it. Matt's done it. I know you've done it on stuff we've done together. You got different microphones. So there's a microphone we're talking into now. And I'm sorry to everyone. We're boring you. We will talk about Tottenham in a minute. But basically, you got a microphone, but every computer, whether it be a laptop or a, a PC, tend to have a mic built into them as well. Hidden um, away somewhere that you don't know about. Exactly. Yep. And for some bizarre reason, every now and again, the recording software will default to that microphone. And if you're not hot on it, you don't realise because, you know, we talk to each other via Skype because we're in different locations and that picks up, the, you know, the mic you want to record with. So I'm talking to Stefan now. Audio's clear. I've got no idea until I come to edit it that it's defaulted to this other microphone. And, oh, it's annoying. Yep. And there's just no way of fixing it. That stuff winds me up. When there's, like, you know, loud bangs and stuff like that and I can minimise it or whatever, that's fine. But, yeah, oh, when it's, like, a hour of audio with a crackle and you. I mean, Dan, who we did a few shows with, Dan, uh, where his computer was at that particular moment, there was, like, a heating system or something nearby so whenever he'd record literally the background the whole time was just a like this underlying <laughs> thing but anyway there you go that's the fun bit done but yeah it's, it was weird last week I, I i hate missing the show i mean that, that's the second one i've missed um yeah which brings me to a very important part and it's probably the it's amazing i've got into three minutes into this and i've not mentioned it this is episode 69 of the Spurs News Podcast. There's no way I was missing this one. Do I have to put the, uh, the way? Well, it's, yeah. it's my favourite position. Fair play. Okay. Uh, right back, talking about Tottenham, yeah. talking about sport, football, you know. I'm actually going to name this pod podcast Favourite Position, I think. Okay. And so that way the listeners will go, <laughs> I know why. But anyone else who just glances, I think we're talking about our favourite you know, position in the football field. Yep. But we're not. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, there was no way I was missing this one. <laughs> fair play, Jeff. Fair play. Yeah, I turned 37 soon. You think at some point I'll mature out of making 69 jokes? No. Uh, no. No, me neither. Maybe when I'm 69. At that point, I don't know. We'll see. That's just giving me an entire year of people asking your age and you going, wee. Wee. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. Nah. Uh, well, I'll be happy to get her, to be honest. But anyway, um, I this week, other than just talking random nonsense, we do have a few things to talk about. And I think probably the, the most obvious way to start will be to talk about the most recent game against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yes. Um, which was always an interesting club. Um, back in the day, when I used to play Championship Manager, back before it was called Football Manager. for Back in the days. For the younger boys and girls amongst us. Um, it was a version of the game, and Wolverhampton Wanderers, always a Division One or Championship team, uh, were kind of the team I'd pick because they were kind of like a big club in that division. And I'd pick them, and I'd go there, dominate, take them into the Premier League, and then hopefully land the Tottenham job. <laughs> that was kind yeah. of like my little kicking off point. So I've always kind of had this little thing for that, and they were always kind of like my team in that division. Oh, I've got a team in every division, by the way. Okay. Not rational. Do you? Do you have like a team in each division that you kind of look I, for their scores? I've got a couple of teams around like Europe and stuff, but not each division. I've got like an English team, a Spanish team, an Italian yeah. team, yeah, well, and then my League One team. That's well, it. well mine, mine have all kind of changed because promotion and relegation, but years yeah. ago, uh, the, low, the lowest echelon I had, Torquay United, um, simply because when I was a kid, I went on holiday and on my way there... A load of like Torquay United fans were out having a drink, everything, and I saw the scarves, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, it's a football club called Torquay United. That's brilliant. And I just followed them ever since. <laughs> so, so that was a really, really ran. I was like three years old, but I kind of like the memory stuck with me. And then when I got home, I like, yeah, see you again. I'm so old, you know. BBC Grandstand, and, Teletext, uh... yeah, you know the the football scores. Torquay United one, Exeter City nil. You know, like that. And yeah. I'd be like, yay! Um, and then it's sort of like up through the different divisions, I had like a team in each one. Uh, now it's all messed up. If I was going to pick a team in the championship now, I'd probably say Leeds. I- I've always had a bit of an affection for Leeds. Ah, uh, see, I'm a Forest. Uh, yeah, no, I like Nottingham Forest. But those two clubs should be in the Premier League. Yeah. Those two teams. There's obviously a few, but you look at the size of those two clubs and you think they shouldn't be in the championship. Ex-European giants, yeah. Well, uh, Nottingham Forest especially, two times winners. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so that that aside. Um, so yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, since they've been in the Premier League, I, I think they've been a delight. Um, away from watching us, if Wolves are playing another team, generally, I, I like watching them. You know, they <laughs> the... play a good style of football. He came in uh, when they got promoted, and yeah. I remember them signing like all these players. Yeah, you know, João Martinho and all this. And I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, we were linked to him like a few seasons yeah. ago. Yeah, how he? Oh, he's getting old. He must be past it if he's joining Wolves. That'd yeah. be fine. And then they just keep signing these little players, and I'm like, um, Den Docker. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. he's a great player um, from my football manager games. I like, him. <laughs> I like that. Oh, he's um, a great player from my uh, simulations online. Yeah. yeah, when he plays for my AFC Wimbledon team, yeah, he's brilliant. AFC Wimbledon, um, interesting. But yeah, no, they've got these good players, and they he kind of brought a core in, didn't he? Like the Portuguese core down yeah. the middle. Yeah, and they play good football. They're yeah, getting they good do. results. Yeah, they do. And it's a team where a couple of seasons ago you would have thought Spurs versus Wolves, nice easy match. 
But actually, <laughs> they they're putting up a fight for pretty much everyone, and they're being, they're up there. Being a Tottenham fan, have you ever looked at a fixture and gone, "Yeah, nice easy match"? <laughs> uh, there was this one time this season, and yeah. then we lost on penalties. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, move 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 on, <coughs> Stefan. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people listening to this who've repressed that memory already, and well done them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're now going. What game is he on about? Oh yeah, they're now rocking backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, but that though, so yeah, I quite like Wolves. So um, I went into the game and I was like, away at Wolves. Look at the league table; they're a point above us. Um, they they turn over the top sides. Yep. If you're open against them, they they turn you over. And I I don't know about you. I mean, did you get to watch the game? I watched the extended highlights. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I watched as much of it as I could. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the ability to watch this game was somewhat hampered by. Um, laws. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I watched what I could, and uh, at a friend's house who was streaming it, not at mine. Yeah, it wasn't listening. my address. Yes, yep. no, definitely not. And I am um, my my overriding thing from it was I don't think we played badly, um, but if you were just watching it in terms of like he was dominating the ball and everything like. That, they were smashing us. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like, because um, like Jan Vertonghen at left back um, was up against this guy who was just in f- the form of his life. Yeah, I, I want to mention him very quickly. Yeah, a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was on this podcast and you said to me, if we could sign one player in January, yeah. who would it be? Yeah. And I jokingly turned around and said Ibrahimovic. Yeah, yeah. Joking yeah, around as you do. Yeah, this yeah. guy. I want to sign this guy. <laughs> well, Adama Traore. He is something else. He is built like a brick outhouse. <laughs> moves well, like a freight train. Well put. And has yeah. got decent skill with his feet as well. He um he is an interesting player because you look at him and I think boxer. <laughs> yeah, he's a heavyweight he's built, boxer. Yeah, yeah. He, he's built like Mike Tyson. Um, I but he seems to have that uh, low center of gravity, like you know, like an Aaron Lennon ability yeah. with pace to be dribble the ball. Um, and he, you show him the outside, he'll get to the byline and cross. You show him the inside, he'll come in and smash a shot. Um, Jan Vertonghen had a really tough day against him, but I actually think Jan did very well um, because the guy whipped in. I think, I, and I, I apologies if I get this slightly out, but at the point I sort of made note of it, he'd whipped in fifteen crosses, and all of them were dealt with. Yeah. And it, it kind of felt to me that Jan had kind of gone into it and gone, "Look, this guy can hit shots. You know, this guy can. If he comes in and hits shots all day, we're going to concede goals." Um, yep. If he crosses the ball into the box, Gaza's got a chance to come out and claim it. Sanchez, Toby. So I'm going to try my best all day to take him to the outside. Um, the guy came in and hit three shots. He whipped in like 15, 16 crosses. So clearly, Jan, that was the plan. Yeah. Um, and, and it did work out quite well. Of course, the one time the guy gets given a yard of space, he smashes one in. An absolute um, rocket, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's one of the. I kind of looked at that, and initially when I watched the goal, um, I kind of thought, ah, oh, we backed off him terribly there, that's awful. You know, we've Yeah, that really, was my first reaction. We've really done that to ourselves. And then when I watched it again, I think it was uh, Jermaine Genus did an analysis for a match of the day two, 
Yeah. And Gina says, oh, when you look at it again, Tottenham haven't actually done a lot wrong because there's runners there, which means if you go, he's just going to thread somebody in. So you can't go towards him. So what they're trying to do, or what Jan's trying to do, is go, all right, look, if you're going to hit a shot, you're going to have to do it from here. Bang. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, he, he did. Okay. And, it, and it is the right thing to do because you don't want him getting into the box and getting point-blank range. So as a defender, you, what you're trying to do is go, right, I'm either going to try and push you wide to narrow the angle and make it more difficult, or I'm going to force you to shoot from here. Yeah, and, and you'd always fancy a goalkeeper to save a shot from distance and a shot point blank. So I, yeah, I, I um I don't think you. I think you could have possibly had two keepers in goal, and that would still have gone in. <laughs> yeah, he just hits it, and you're like, yeah. oh okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that it's point, hit. at that point, I mean, obviously we went one 0 up in the game early on, which was a fantastic strike from Lucas. That um, run. He is something else. Since Mourinho's come in and given him this confidence, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The look at the Champions League last season. Lucas Moura scores goals. He knows how to score goals. He does. But yeah. that little run, he could so easily have just gone down. The contact was there. Probably yeah. would have been a penalty. The contact was there and everything. But he keeps his ground. Keeps and yeah. then smashes it in the roof for the net. That, that was it. I mean, that was. <laughs> I'll tell you something that's quite funny. Eric Dyer's been given an assist for that, which cracks me up. I love that sometimes assist stats are just completely bonkers. So it's just who last touched the ball before the guy that shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the fact that Jan Vertonghen's been given an assist for Sonny's goal <laughs> the week before. Hey, that was an incredible assist. It that was. was incredible. It was, he uh, knew where Son was. Did you um? Did you see that the Tottenham official Twitter account did a full on like video of the assist? Like it yeah, been, like, it was admin. the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> their new admin is on fire. I have no he idea. He is fantastic. Some of the stuff he's done. I have no idea what, what they're paying him, but it ain't enough. It is quite funny. It was very funny. I, I don't want us to become like a full-on parody thing, though. I don't want it to be like that constantly, but the that with the assist was very funny. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, so sorry, going back to it. So yeah, so Lucas Moore has put us 1-0 up. Well-taken goal, early goal. Um, we're starting games faster again, which is great you know really needed uh, yeah. but I don't know about you but when when it went to 1-1 in my mind there was only going to be one winner from there and it was going to be Wolves yeah I was kind of watching it on the um, BBC Sports app other apps are available and other commentator teams obviously <laughs> um, but I was watching it kind of reading the updates and I saw the goal go in and I was just like oh here we go away from home yeah conceded here we go yeah stadium's now rocking oh. the momentum yeah the Molyneux's known for an atmosphere when they score as well and I just thought oh this is yeah. going to be a tough tough end to the match it's interesting about the Molyneux atmosphere because um, Matt went to the game there at Molyneux last season Yep. And he said to me, is like, what they do is they got the away fans in like this area and they pretty much drang the away fans out with like tannoys. <laughs> so like they blast in music and stuff like that. Just generally, the away fans are completely, like, completely sound off. Yeah. 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 Which is smart, I guess. Um, but it's just kind of funny. Uh, the Tottenham fans did make themselves heard a few times, which is, yeah. which they tend to do wherever they go. Um, but yeah, I I looked at it and thought, well, there's only going to be one winner here. And the other thing, and I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on this, is me and you, on a regular basis, would go toe-to-toe over the fact Mauricio Pochettino wouldn't make substitutions in these situations. Yeah. And we, me and you would get levered into it, because I always... You quite rightly, that was your big critique of 
Poch. That was, yeah. really was. And my my thing was always he trusts the players. His his philosophy is I uh, trust the players that are on there to to work their way out of this. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. And that was always our back and forth. Now in this game, Jose Mourinho has not made a change. What what are your thoughts at this point? Because we know Mourinho will make snap changes. We saw it in Europe, 2-0 down, yeah. 20-something minutes. Right, I'm going to make a change. We went on the one to win the game and win it well. Yeah. So he's not afraid to do it. Um, he tells us, and we've got to take him at his word, he's confident in the squad and the players he's got. Yeah. So it's not a case of he's looking at the bench going, oh my God, what crap. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and the fact he's using that bench as well shows that he's kind of looking at it going, okay, yeah, but so I was we're reading. In, we're in this situation. The game's one-one. We are being battered. There's no two ways. Yeah. It's just wave after wave after wave. What's going through your mind when he's just not making a change? I'm sat there. I say I'm reading these updates. And I'm going, come on, substitution. Come on. Yeah. What you're gonna do? What you're gonna change? Are you gonna change formation? Are you gonna? throw on another attacker or are you going to kind of go right oh they're battering let's, let's get a one all draw away yeah. from home what you do and then yeah the longer it's going on the more I'm sitting there going do something yeah please do something now of all the things he could do in the 81st minute he reduces us to 10 men yeah <laughs> so I I being the, the sarcastic sod that I am, I'm on Twitter, and I think it's about the 81st, 82nd minute, we make our first change, and we bring on Christian Eriksen. Um, so I make the, the usual joke of, uh, we're taking off so-and-so, and someone who's dead to me is coming on. Yep. Um, now, we we then score a winner in, you know, basically injury time. Yep. The winner comes from a corner. So So just to start with... We scored from a corner. That's an achievement in itself. It's like twice in a month he's beaten the first man to a goal. Now, now this Harry is... Kane against Olympiacos, and then this. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Now, this this is the thing. The assist for the goal from Jan Vertonghen, which was a great header, by the way. Fantastic. Because um, he had to get the direction and the pace on that all by himself. Yeah. Um, so, a great header, great goal. It's good to see a centre-half scoring again because, for whatever reason, our defence just hasn't contributed in goals at all for a while. And he did the little super-yan bit, which he yeah. hasn't done for ages. I've missed that. Yeah, love super-yan. Um, but Christian Eriksen took the corner. However, I do believe the corner was actually aimed at Harry Kane. He skewed it, and that's why Vertonghen had to take up position to header it. Uh, I can believe that completely. Yeah. I just... He was aiming at the front post. Yeah, he's aiming for yeah. the first defender. I mean, that's that's where he goes, right? I mean, that's that's weird. I, I don't know. He's just completely shanked it, and yeah. Vertonghen's made it look great. Vertonghen has made it look great. There, there you go. I feel better about that. Yeah, that's fine. I thought that um, I'm not, not that I've got an agenda against the Danish traitor, but um, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> no, I am struggling with him. I really am. No, I, I, look, it's one of those things. I... He wanted to leave. He's made it known he wanted to leave for a while now. Uh, the club either arrogantly thought they'd get a deal done for him in the summer or before, or arrogantly thought if he was forced to stay, he'd sign a new deal. It's not happened. Um, Daniel Levy's now done an interview saying that he's not afraid to sell him in January to a Premier League rival. He just he'd happily sell him to anybody now. So basically, just telling everyone he's for sale, he's available. 
make the me problem an offer. is though, surely these bigger te- like the Juventuses and people like that who are known for this whole no, it's fine. We'll offer him a contract in January yeah. and we'll sign him for free in yeah. summer. I mean, of course. I mean, that's what they're going to do. I mean, he's going to pocket uh, the estimate I read in the last article about it anywhere between 12 and 15 million personally. Yeah. What's, what's sitting on our bench for the rest of the season going to do to him? He ain't going to care. He's still earning yeah. a ridiculous amount every week. Yeah. Um, he's still going to get picked for Denmark whether he plays for his club or not because he's one of the best players in their country it, yeah. it's not like it's not like his manager at Denmark's going look if you're not playing you might miss out on the Euros the qualifiers or whatever he, he's going to be there so from his point of view there's no stress involved there's no you know and Mourinho is using him yeah he's starting him from the bench rather than starting games but he is still using him so yeah it's not like Mourinho arrived and said, look, what are your intentions? Okay, if you want to leave, that's fine, but I can't have you around the group. Sorry, you're a nice guy, but you need to leave. Um, no, he's still know, getting the few minutes here, here and there. And... Please please meet the rest of the under-23 squad um, You know, on your bike. So yeah. I, I think he's going to run down his contract, or I think he'll do a pre-contract agreement with Real Madrid or whoever... And Daniel yeah. Levy will try desperately to do a deal like that. Take him now, just give us a couple of million, you know. Just please go, <laughs> because I'm wondering if maybe I, I think Madrid is his most likely option, and I wonder if Levy will try and do like a loan deal for someone. Like, yeah, okay, you've got him for free in yeah. the summer. However, take him on loan for the rest of the season and give us so and so in return for the rest of the season. Yeah, maybe. I can see something like that happening. Maybe, um, possibly. I mean, if if there's a player that they want. I mean, the the kind of Ericsson replacement in our squad that was signed is Giovanni Lucelso, and the issue we have is that the player arrived, got injured, then Mauricio's gone, who basically he joined because of you know yep. to work with an Argentinian coach of a high yeah. caliber, so at Tottenham, uh, someone who he could relate to, etc., etc. Um, now Jose's there, so the reputation of Jose, of course, will keep a player interested, which is part of the reason why Daniel Levy went for him, I think. Yeah, but it's a very different situation than what he agreed to, you know, what he wanted to get when he came. The injuries have really hampered his start with us, um, and the fact is, despite Ericsson openly being all about leaving, Lachelso still is being left on the bench. <laughs> you know, Ericsson's still getting picked ahead of him. Yeah. Do you think it's a case of the guy, it's just not working out in England? Do you think it's a case of we need more time? And bear in mind, he's on a loan deal at the moment. I think that's his biggest problem. If he hadn't have got injured, and mm-hmm. he'd been able to play a few games under Poch and kind of show a bit more under yeah. Poch, then Mourinho might have come in and gone, oh, we've got a tasty little player here. Yeah. Little tricky midfielder can run around. He can defend as well. He can do quite well for us. Instead, he's had like two or three appearances under Poch. Yeah. And then yeah, Jose's come in and gone. Well, actually, yeah, but you're not Delhi. You're no. not Ericsson. No. And he's even come. Mourinho's come out and said that he's waiting for Eric Lamella to come back, and he's really looking forward yeah. to Lamella being back. And I'm like, Giovanni's got very little chance here. Well, that's the thing. So what would what would you do? I mean, if we terminate the loan. That's an expensive loan agreement. You know, we we yeah. spent serious money on a loan. 
<clears throat> which is sound like twenty odd million or something, wasn't it? Well, I think I think if it comes back, it's going to end up being about fifteen something. Um, but I, there's all sorts built into it. But I think it would only end up. I mean, if his performances stay as they are, then I think it'll only end up being about fifteen to seventeen million pound. But that's still but that's a, a lot. Of, that's a transfer fee, not a loan yeah, fee. That, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of when when you consider the fact that you know we never got the deal done for you know for the sake of a ten million pound fee. Yeah. For for the lad who's now tearing it up for Juventus. Y- yeah. You kind of look at it and go. What the hell are we doing? Um, yeah, how have we spent fifteen million on a loan deal for someone who's only made a handful of appearances? You know, once again, is Daniel Levy the right man to be doing this? I'm not convinced he is. For the club, yes. For transfers, no. Well, there is a running problem of us in transfers. Um, be it the quality of the players we find, be it the ability of the club to help them transition to English football. Whatever it is, there is a running problem where the ratio of the players we buy to ones that end up being first team is really poor. Oh, good. I mean, just remember the was it the the Super Seven? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a good example of that that the Magnificent Seven. That was uh, it. Players, Magnificent Seven. You you look at each of those individually, and they were all great signings. Even Vlad Kirikesh. Yeah, even yeah. Vlad Kirikesh was a young, fast, strong defender. Who was great on the ball? Yeah, um, and and he just he was never allowed any time in this country. You know, I think when he was sold, I said he needs to go to Italy or somewhere where it's slightly slower. You don't have strikers in your face. Um, you know, but under Jose Mourinho, for example, different different coach, different philosophy. He defends deeper, and he doesn't do the same. Okay, we're going to play it around at the back. You know, every player is going to need to be. Uh, you know, Iniesta. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a guy who's confident on the ball as a defender will look up to try and thread a pass, but isn't going to have that same pressure on him as, as you know, playing a system like Mauricio or even AVB wanted to play back in the day. Yeah. You know, it's ideal. So you look at him and you think, yeah, great, great defender, but just bad timing. It just didn't wasn't work. Fit. Um, Etienne Capu. Uh, or Kapue, however people want to say it, I don't know how to say it. I mean, as a defensive midfielder in the Premier League, we're being linked with signing him again. Yeah, he's done well. He went to Watford, wasn't he? Yeah, he's at Watford yeah. doing well. He's, I think he's one of their captains. I mean, he, the guy as a defensive midfielder in the Premier League is Premier League level defensive midfielder. He's does exactly what it says on tin. You know, goes fetches, <laughs> you know, kicks people when he needs to, takes the ball, blocks. And yep. the fact we're being linked to re-sign him, I think, just goes to show again, he was not a bad signing. But I remember him being with us and him being played as a sweeper, as a central defender, as a fullback, occasionally in midfield. And again, you just can't you can't sign a defensive midfielder and then be like, okay, um, we're going to play you at left back. Oh my god, you're crap! Right, you're gone. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Um, Soldado's goal-scoring record in Spain was literally uh, Ronaldo and Messi aside. He was phenomenal. Yeah, I think the two seasons before we signed him, it was Falcao, Messi, and Ronaldo were the only people in Spain to outscore him. Uh, yeah, and Falcao only on one of those seasons. The yeah. season we signed him, he was the top goal scorer away from Messi and Ronaldo. Yep. Uh, so basically, you know, in the league of normal humans, he was the top goal scorer. And 
Everything about him screamed he'd be a success in England. Strong, fox in the box, good in the air, tap-ins, but everything. You know, he had the ability to beat a man and strike it as well. Yeah. Um, everything about him screamed it would work. As a sign-in, it was fantastic. Unfortunately, you cannot legislate from what happened to him in his personal life when he moved to England. Yeah. You know, you just can't. You know, him and his wife losing a child, etc. You, you can't put in for that trauma and the effect it has on you when you're learning a new language you're in a new place and you know he's talked openly about it recently about how he blamed himself you know how he blamed himself for moving his family that they lost the baby because he moved them and yeah. it's uh, how do you you can't cope with that you know where where does football rank in your priorities when stuff like that's going through your mind it doesn't and no so he was a great signing, but you just can't legislate for that. You can't. And no. and the guy's, you know, gone on and continued to score goals elsewhere. I mean, he's never been as prolific as he was, and he and he never will be before he retires, but he just it just didn't work. Um and then you got the other players like Lamella, for example, who's gone on to play a role, not the one we all thought he would, but no. has played a role. Uh, Ericsson, of course, was in amongst that, which for about eleven million really was a snip. Um, and then the legend, which was Paulinho. <sighs> now that one was a chunk of crap. But went on to play for Barcelona twice. Convincingly brilliant at Barcelona. Um, yeah. To the point that Barcelona fans loved him. Um, I mean, I still find that kind of crazy that that happened. But then having Barcelona also now got Kevin Prince Boateng on their books. Really? They, I swear they signed him last season. Oh, God. I'm sure they signed by Boateng. I'm going to quickly Google it, but I That's swear a, they signed him. It's a mad world sometimes. I mean, I know Kevin Prince Boateng was at AC Milan at one point. I find that baffling in itself, because I watched him for us. Do you know Do you know the famous story about Kevin Prince Boateng? Do you know about us signing him and why it's hilarious? No. Martin Yole was our manager, and Martin Yole was dealing with uh, uh, Damien Camoli as the sporting director, director of football. Yeah. And he asked and said to him, I need a defensive midfielder. Go and get me George Boateng from Middlesbrough. Alright? <laughs> yeah. And he, he apparently, genuinely, that was the conversation. And he said, you want him or you want a player like him? And apparently it was, I need Boateng. That's who I need. And the club signed Kevin Prince Boateng. And... That was it. He was just, who the hell is this guy? You know, you wanted Boatang. We've signed him. No, no, you've signed the wrong one. Oh, but no, no. That, that is a genuine story that came out. Uh, and, yeah, no, he's now, he's now at Florentina, but last season he spent the season on loan at Barcelona. On loan at Barcelona. That guy's made a career out of being Nothing, average. literally. Yeah. Yeah. No, well... So going back to it, the Giovanni de Chelsea, I don't know what... I'm hoping over Christmas he's going to play some games because we've got game after game now, uh, yeah. know, starting with Chelsea next. Um, I, I don't think he'll make the Chelsea lineup. He'll be on the bench. But after that, there's definitely got to be an opportunity for him to start a few games. And if he has, if he can make the adjustment, he can take the game. Because I've watched a lot of him at Betis last season. The guy's phenomenal. He could be an amazing player for us that actually makes a big difference. Yeah, he he knows how to defend. He can track back and get a tackle in, but it's his vision. 
He knows when to, he's like Delhi. He knows yeah. when to appear in the box at the right time. He knows yeah. when to pull the right pass. Yeah, I mean, he was double figures for goals and assists in the Liga last season, and yeah, people need to get past the perception as well that La Liga isn't a strong league anymore. It is, you know, La Liga is actually a very, very strong league because yeah. you expect it to only be three teams that can win. Yeah, but ten... you regularly see Catafe were leading yeah. the championship at the yeah. beginning of the season. Ten, ten years ago, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Possibly Atletico, but they weren't in the same league as the other two. It yeah. was it was a two horse race constantly and had been for some time. But they signed the new TV deal, much like the Premier League have, and the Liga then started distributing the money more evenly to the clubs. Yeah, as soon as that happened, other clubs suddenly emerged as real forces. You know, Atletico really are a force. Valencia are a force. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other teams, like the mid-table teams, like you were just saying, like Getafe, Tenerife, teams like that, are now getting results at the yeah. Bernabeu and at, at the Camp Nou and stuff. And, and because of that, it's a stronger league. It's a difficult league. And teams, you know, you don't see Messi, I know Ronaldo is not there anymore, but you don't see them getting the 40 to 50 league goals now. I know they're getting older, but... It's slowing slightly. It's just it's it's harder. It's it's a more difficult league, and so it's one of those leagues I'll never ever place a bet on because you just don't know. No, Uh, but what I mean is like Chelsea's performances in that league last season were brilliant, and and I know a lot of people go, yeah, but it was Spain, mate. Yeah, no, I know, but it ain't like that's a bad league now. It's not like it was Scotland anyway. <laughs> yes, let's be unionists. Uh, yeah, to be fair, in Scotland, if you play for Celtic, you've won the league. Well, see, I'm, I'm always more of a Rangers man myself. Um, I am more Rangers, but yeah, if you play for Celtic, you've won the league. That's kind of like, yeah. That's pretty are. much it, yeah. Uh, and, and then you can go around boasting about all your trophies, yeah, but they're Scottish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on, on the Wolves game, is there anything else really from the Wolves game you want to pick up? I mean, obviously, the last minute winner gives you that pretty awesome feeling. Yeah. Dyer um, hitting the post. That was a lovely little move. It was a great move. Poor finish. Um, Poor finish, but which, li- nice move. Which, you know, we, we could have suffered for. But, yeah, it was. There, there are little things like that, little things that are happening, starting to come back. Delhi having that confidence again to do those little dinks um yeah. to pick the ball up and look up um the thing i did notice um which i wanted to pick up on just very quickly i don't like going into massive tactical analysis and things like that that's not really me that's not really what this show is yeah but one of the things i've picked up on a lot and i do think is a confidence thing is in midfield currently dyer um uh whoever's partner in sissoko they're never turning on the ball so the no. ball comes to them and they're playing it back to the defenders or sideways. They're never turning to, to yeah. move forward with it. Now, Harry Winks does it. Harry Winks will turn on the ball wherever he is, which sometimes can be terrifying. But he will always look to try and go forward. He'll retain possession no matter what. You know, He'll go backwards, sideways, he'll go vertical, he'll do whatever to retain Reminds possession. Reminds me of uh, Scott Parker, just been had a spin on a dime, just anywhere on the pitch. Well, just doing a spin. Scotty Parker, yeah, he's still there spinning now, bless him at Fulham. But he, he, he can do that. Now, I do think it's a confidence thing, and I think perhaps you know they've had another week's training. Uh, Dyer, for me, is starting to look a little bit sharper. Um, I know yep. he's nowhere near the player we need as a defensive midfielder. Um, but right now, I still think he's... You know, he had a lot of stuff going on. Medical yeah. uh, injury. 
it, it isn't an overnight thing. Uh, Jose believes in him. I um, believe in him. We've I believe seen, in Dyer. We've seen in seasons a couple of years ago that he can be a phenomenal defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, you, you can get there. Uh, it's getting the right partnerships, getting the right thing. I mean, I still think him alongside Undumbele there is the way. I mean, it's basically him and Dembele again, you know? It's, yeah, it's kind of. And that's what I wanted to ask you, really wanted to ask you about before we moved on from this is that yeah. partnership in midfield. Because that mm. is where I see the weakness. Like, Wolves yeah. overran us in midfield. Yeah. Sissoko, I love Sissoko. He's done brilliant to come back from how terrible he was. <laughs> yeah. However,. He's got to be a squad player. Surely he's a squad player and not uh, a replacement, like starting for some front of Ndombele. Well, Ndombele's injured, so that's why he played. Um, so like you said, I do think he is a squad player, but right now we're having to utilise the squad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just so just on Ndombele before we move on. Um, every time we posted uh, fitness updates or anything recently, I've seen this real nasty reaction to him about what have we signed? He's crap. Um, he's always injured. I, I don't quite get. I don't quite get what people expect um, sometimes with signings. And I mean, injuries can happen to anybody at any point. It doesn't make someone crap. You know. Yeah. If, if you're, it, it can happen. It's like one of those things. And. What has happened with him, for example, is he has moved from a league which is inferior. There's no two ways about it. The, the, the French league is not a strong standard of football compared to the Premier League, La Liga, uh, the Bundesliga even. It's not. It just isn't. I've watched no. enough games of it where I've turned the game off. I mean, players <laughs> like Neymar himself take have taken the mickey out of yeah. the French standard because he said that he doesn't need to play every game because he'll still be top goal scorer. Yeah. I don't need to play against these guys. Yeah, and it, and it is yeah. it is a bit of a joke. I mean, you said about Celtic, well, in France, you know, PSG. If PSG don't win the league every season there, then that's why they keep sacking their managers because they, they yeah. should be walking it. And the only reason why they don't some win every single game by like 5-6-0 is because players like Neymar are like checked out. Like, oh, this is boring. You know, yeah. This this is this is no level, um, but to come back to him, the adjustment he had to make when he came to England. Anybody who saw the pre-season training pictures will know he found Mauricio Pochettino's fitness regime very tough. Yeah, he was like glistening very in every tough. picture. In every picture, the guy looked like he was on his ass. And yeah. and I think Sissoko said in an interview, he's like he is struggling with it, but he's also starting to feel the benefits of it. Yeah, you know, within a couple of weeks, he's like, okay, yeah, this was nails, but yeah, okay, all right, I can see why I'm doing this. Now imagine, you know, you come in, you do that hard work, like that real intense work, and then the manager's gone. The new one comes in, he's like, okay, guys, chill. <laughs> you know, you yeah, don't calm down you, a bit. You, you don't need to be. You know, putting in double sessions, doing this, doing this, doing this. This is what I need from you. You're kind of going to be like, oh, right. You know, body's just adjusted and everything. And then a little twist, little tweak here. The club will try and manage players' injuries rather than letting them drop on the pitch and require surgery. It's yeah. something the club does a lot. Um, something that I think fans are possibly not aware of or possibly don't care. Uh, but like, you'll see a player with a calf strain, uh, hamstring yeah. strain, stuff like that. Now, these players could potentially go out and play a game, but the sports scientists, the physios are saying, 
there's a 50% chance you'll rip it. Yeah. Or a 40%, 20%. And the club, with their investments, you know, you know, he's a sizable chunk of change went on this, this young man, who is still young. He's 22. Oh, gosh, yeah. And you don't want a 22-year-old to rip their hamstring or their calf muscle or something, which could possibly affect their entire career. Yep. So you are going to be cautious. You are going to take it easy. You are going to rehab them slowly. Yeah, you're not going to rush them back and risk no. a, your maximum site, like your highest transfer fee. No. Oh, yeah, we, we've ruined him at 24 because now yeah. his hamstring goes every time he stretches to do his laces up. Yeah, yeah. bang on. Um, it's just not going to happen. So to see people branding him, writing him off already, I mean, it's... I know this is kind of just the way football and society is now. It's like, I'll oh, bin it, move on. It wasn't instant. Uh, it drives me insane. It yeah. really does drive me insane. And he's a player. We just got to show some patience, please. He's going to be brilliant. He's going to be phenomenal. Here, here, here's a little example. Perhaps people will forget. But there was a young player we signed once, and for, at the time for quite significant money. And he couldn't stay fit ever. He he just couldn't. He was injured constantly. Um, the manager at the time made a joke about him being made of glass. Um, then also made a joke about you know in sort of press he said about him that he wasn't uh, focused enough, didn't train hard enough. Uh, any little niggle and he just wouldn't bother. You know he wouldn't show at the train. Oh no, my hamstring's tight. I won't try. Um, and was all about to be bombed out on loan with a view to a permanent deal of about three million quid to Birmingham. You know, nobody rated him, nobody wanted him. Uh, he was injured constantly. Um, for his first 17, 18 games for the club, we didn't win a game. He then stepped in because a player got injured. Uh, that was the only reason why he stayed. He didn't go out in that window. And I'm talking about Gareth Bell. Of course, yep. And people just forget, like, his start of his career with us was completely injury-laden. Everybody slagged him off. He was a joke to fans. Yes. A lot, you know, he was a joke to everybody. Everybody tore into him. I was a massive fan of his. You know, I watched him a lot. When yeah. we signed him, I was over the moon. And it just wasn't working out. And even I was like resigned to the fact that oh, we're gonna we're gonna sell him. You know, yeah. it's just not worked. This you know it's not worked out. And then he just took this opportunity. He had this chance, and bang, he took it. And all of a sudden, it was like oh, I, I found it. I found the groove. I found the training yeah. that works for me. I found the position. I found my form, my ability to do this. And you know, he's gone on and done all right. And then there was this one night in Milan, I seem to remember. Yeah, I mean, he, he went on and did okay. Yeah. He, he did okay. He likes his golf, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> in that order. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, whenever I see stuff like that, I, I do think to myself, now I know there's plenty of examples where people have arrived and mean crap, you know, or not to the level we expect. But the kid's 22. He's making a massive adjustment, in both in terms of culture, language... You know, personally, the you know it's a massive yeah. move. Much younger than I realised as well. And physicality of the league, and in his position, more so than others, he's going to get kicked. <laughs> he's going to get you know munched. Oh And yeah. yet, and yet, despite the injuries and despite the start he's had, he still has the most take-ons completed of any player in our squad. 
Not and his pass completion percentage is up there as one of the highest. And when you consider the position he plays in, yeah. and the fact that 90% of his work is going forward, he loves to go forward, he tries to thread balls on a regular basis, for him to be completing a pass is that high already. He's contributed goals, have people forgotten that already? Yeah. So let's, let's <laughs> let the kid have a bit of time. He will come back and play over Christmas, and I'm sure he's going to be managed sensibly to be peaking at the right times for, for the second part of the season. Yeah. But yeah, so there you go. I've had my say on that. <clears throat> um, mate, it's um, a thing we've not done for a little while on the podcast, um, and I know it's something that you used to actually ask me about. Um, and right now, I'm going to do a loan update for all our players who were out on loan. Do you want an update on our players that are out on loan? Good! Because here it is. Okay, do you know how many players we've got out on loan? Um, no. Not off the top of my head. I know we've got a fair few out. It is seven. Is that it? Is that it? That's enough, isn't it? I thought we'd. Have, I thought we had more of those. No, no. Um, if it is more, um, then blame my researcher, <clears throat> who's me. <laughs> it, it, sound, it, sound, it sounded good. Uh, now I'm pretty sure it's seven. Um, I'm going to start with Kaziah Sterling. Um, just to remind you to everyone, Kaziah is 21 years old. Uh, he joined Doncaster on loan in the summer, but he's going to be coming back to Tottenham. Uh, in January, uh, it's already been announced his loan is going to be terminated. Now, the reason why that is, is he suffered a really freak injury. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure what's happening with it, and nobody's sure. I tried to find out a little bit more information from someone I know, um, and he basically said the same, which is it's a really strange situation that no one really knows what's going on. Huh. He basically suffered a dead leg. Um, okay. like playing and the feeling's not returned in this part of his leg and the muscle and the strength is gone Oh, and it's not come back and he's having tests and everything's being done that can possibly be done and at the moment like I said it's just a freak it was even described as some form of medical illness at one point because people just generally don't know what's going on yeah um, so yeah, because uh, I was, uh, uh, I've actually been lucky enough to meet him once. Um, I went to watch a, an academy game. He was eighteen at the time. Uh, he was incredibly nice, uh, really well spoken, really, uh, really good striker. I, I always watched him and thought he could be. He's Defoe esque in the way. Yeah, so he has potential. That kid. Yeah, I mean, he's still only twenty one. So, you know, we were just talking about. Undombele being at 22. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there are levels here, you know, because I Sterling's just on, at Doncaster on loan at 21, and we've spent 60-something million on a 22-year-old. Yeah. But he is a really nice lad, a really good professional, young professional. Um, I really hope whatever this is can be cleared up for him, because I'd hate to see his career over. Um, yeah. You know, at 21 years old, that'd be devastating over something that just seems such a bizarre set of circumstances but yeah. um keep your eyes uh keep your eyes peeled on that look out for club announcements but yeah because i because i sterling will be coming back to tottenham in january 
and obviously hopefully by then or during the time he's back that can be fixed up and he can he can get some more games and get get himself back playing yeah um, another player who's out on loan, uh, this one in the championship at QPR is Luke Amos. Yeah, hey, I like Amos. Now, Luke Amos is 22 years old, same yep. as, same as uh, the good Dumbele. man on Dembele. Uh, he, he plays in a similar position as well. Um, it's a really important season for him. Uh, the main reason being is last season he suffered a really horrible injury, uh, the season-ending injury. Uh, it happened around Christmas time and it ruled him out. Um, Mauricio Pochettino had started to integrate him into the first team. You know, yeah. he was really heavily involved, and then this happened. Um, so in the summer, it was his. You know, he came back from it. He went out on loan with QPR. He suffered a few niggles, muscle injuries, which, to be honest with you, when you've been out for a long time, is kind of normal. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's not been fun for him, but he actually got a couple of goals. Good lad. Um, at, at the weekend, uh, two goals for QPR. Uh, but like I said, it's a really important season for him. It'd be great if he can continue at QPR, continue to get regular games, um, and everybody can see where he is, you know, come yeah. next summer. Because, you know, uh, 22 years old, people make breakthroughs at different times. You know, Kane was 23, going on 24. Yeah. So, you know, let, let the lad have this season, hopefully get some games and see where he is. Uh, the next one is a is a fun one, really. Is Jack Clark? Jack Clark, obviously, we signed in the summer from Leeds. Yeah. We then sent him back to Leeds on loan. He's not long term, nineteen years old. Um, and it's been an absolute disaster. He's but not say, getting is games. He getting games yet? Yeah. Uh, I think he's got a total of something like a hundred and forty minutes this season in the first team, which he's is play- crazy. He's playing for their under twenty threes. Yeah. It's, it's a nonsense. Um, the rumour I've heard is that we are going to terminate his loan in January and loan him to a different side in the Championship. Yeah, because um, he was actually getting games at Leeds and then we signed him and now they're not playing him. Well, now, there is a reason behind this. Um, the reason is that Leeds United originally asked for him back on loan and we said no. Leeds United then went about making their signings, and you can only have so many loan players in your matchday squad. Yeah. They fulfilled their quota, if you like, and then we said, oh, actually, yeah, you can have him back on loan. Ah. So Leeds took him back on loan, but they've been playing so well. I mean, I think they're top of the championship. He, he can yeah. dislodge the players ahead of him. Oops. Um, yeah. You know, and to be honest with you, it's one of those situations. The players they've brought in on loan they've possibly got a view of signing Jack Clark has left you know yeah <laughs> so it's yeah we'd I think I'd looked at it and gone I hope that you know an injury here or there and Jack Clark will get in and then he'll establish himself again but it's just not happened so the, the rumour I've heard is the club are going to terminate are going to do a new loan uh, Fulham have expressed an interest along with a couple of other sides in the championship um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, keep an eye Fair on enough. that. Uh, the next one is a, a forgotten young lad called George Marsh. Uh, oh, George, I like Marsh. George Marsh is twenty-one. Uh, again, a midfielder. He's on loan at Leighton Orient. Um, and to be honest with you, he's not playing a massive amount of games, and he's also been played all over the place. Yeah, uh, he's played as a defensive midfielder, a central defender, and a right back whilst he's been on loan. Um, okay. The one, the one statistic that really stands out for me, which has made me laugh, is he's been booked five times in ten games. Good lad, just yeah, just kicking a boot in. Yeah, so he's not, he's not, 
you know, not getting kicked around down there. He's doing some kicking himself. Yeah. Um, there isn't really much to report on that. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'd hoped when George went to Leighton Orient, he was going to play every game. Yeah. Um, that's not how it's worked out. Um, I mean, and don't get me wrong, loans at clubs and stuff sometimes is about the experience of being in a different facility, a different way of playing. Go back to Spurs and realise just how lucky you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to an extent, yes, but it's also growing up a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because when you're a young lad and you come through at Tottenham, everything's kind of handed to you. You know, you're kind of like, here yeah. you go, here you go, here you go. You're, wasn't, you're it, um, wasn't it Townsend who did an yeah, interview and said about... Yes, I was yeah. just about to talk about that. Yeah, and Andros Townsend talked about being on loan at a club uh, where uh, a striker didn't track back and he... Or no, he, he didn't track back and a defender had a go at him, so he told the defender to F off. And then he gets in the change rooms at halftime and the defender's literally trying to get to him to kill him. Yeah, and he's running around. He's like, you know, this wouldn't happen at Tottenham. <laughs> they yeah. might, they might come in and have a go back, but this guy's actually going to break my face. Yeah, um, and he had to live in a little two-bedroom flat and cook his own dinners because he was trying yeah. to keep the Tottenham yeah. cuisine up, but wasn't able to do it from Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's hilarious, and it is, but it develops people in different ways. And so, like Harry Kane's loans, for example, Norwich, Millwall. You wouldn't look at any of them and go, wow, that's a future best striker in the world. No. But he talks about them in such a glowing way of he learns so much from being in those situations at those different clubs. Yeah. So I'm hoping George is. Um, and of course, again, you'll, you'll see where that ends up. Now, the next one, which is a player who's gone out on loan a hell of a lot, and I think people forget just how young he still is, that's Cameron Carter-Vickers. Yep. Cameron Carter-Vickers is 21. And he turns 22 in a few weeks, but he's been around forever. Central defender is still young. Yeah, I mean, he kind of made his breakthrough into people's consciousness age 17, just about to turn 18. Yeah, um, he's on loan in the championship again. This is his third straight season of playing championship football on a regular basis. Uh, he's at Stoke City this time. He's played 12 games. Stoke are really struggling, um, and as such, he's he's getting a lot of work, <laughs> which is not um, a bad thing for a defender, I suppose. It's not it's not a bad thing. Now he's getting massively mixed reviews. Some some Stoke fans think he's doing great. Some think he's a liability. Um, yeah. It is a is a real tough loan um, because you go to the Championship. He's played at Ipswich. He's played you know all these different clubs in the Championship. And Stoke now, I mean Stoke wanted to sign him originally. The the rumor was they were signing him for six million quid. Yeah. Um, but then it ended up being a loan. Um, I, I think perhaps Stoke's financial position played a massive part in that. Yeah. But to me, Stoke could easily slip out of the Championship this season. I mean, I know they're doing better now, but I, I still, it's still a real tough loan to be at. So again, a massive steep learning curve, and with us playing not such a high line, with us playing slightly different under Jose. I'd really be interested to see what Jose thinks of him when he comes back. Yeah. And because he is a talented defender, there's no way, there's no two ways about that. He's and a he, big lad as well. He's a strong, big lad as well. He's not tall, but yeah, he's he's well built. Yeah. Yeah, you, you ain't going to knock him off the ball, I tell no. you that. Um, now, Jack Rolls, uh, by the goals. way, he does score goals. Um, he scored three league goals now. I actually put a bet on when he joined them that he'd get 10 by Christmas, so I'm gutted that's not happened. 
Um, he's at Cambridge United. Um, he's playing kind of an attacking midfield role or a central midfield role. Um, he's 20 years old. Uh, I love Jack. He's a player I really, really like. I hope he's learning a lot there. Yeah. Um, the fans love him there. Uh, they call him a magician. Um, he is a very talented player, and, and I'm hoping that this season there is serving him well. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye out for him. That's Jack Rolls. He scores goals. Twenty years old. Um, the last of the the lone batter I have is Anthony Giorgio. Anthony is twenty two years old. He's on loan at Ipswich. Um, he's not played many games, and the games he's played have been at left back, left wing back, and left wing. Yeah, he's very um, much down that wing. Massively, I expected, yeah. I expected more this year. He was involved in our pre season, wasn't he? Yeah. And didn't look bad there. I kind of expect no, he, him to go better. He is a very talented player um, offensively. Yeah. Very, very talented. But there seems to be a conscious thing um, where they were trying to convert him into a wing-back, left-back. Um, and I wonder if this loan has been about that more than it has been about anything else. I remember Danny Rose leaving us as a winger and going to Sunderland and playing full-back. Um, and yeah. coming back to us and everyone just slating him saying oh he's rubbish um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Anthony Giorgio um, I personally and this could come back to haunt me I personally think he's one that will come back and then leave permanently um, I think just because I I don't think there's a position for him there's a young lad called Dennis Serkin who's a left back at the club uh, younger I think already has a larger upside in that position. Yeah, we've also then got Davis, Rose, Ryan Sessiong. He's yeah. got a lot of people ahead of him in that pecking order yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think... You know, I remember when Alex Pritchard set the championship alight for Brentford. He was phenomenal. And then we brought him back and he got injured before he could really get into a groove playing for us. Yeah. Um, Giorgio's not setting the championship on fire. You know, he's not. he's not doing that. So I just don't think that he's doing enough to to get a shot, really. Yeah. Um, like I said, could come back to bite me in the ass. I hope so for him. Uh, but that's just my prediction. And that, my friend, is the loan update. Yay. Oh, I'm tired now. Yeah. Oh. Thank God there's only seven of them out on loan. Yeah, tell me about it. Wait, Jose's going to be sending out an army, I expect. I'm going to be yeah, knackered every he, he time likes his own. it. We'll be doing a weekly up, like a monthly update, just the loan cast. Yes, yeah. yeah, so this this is a one one hour special. We're just talking about loan players, um, mate. We've got to talk about Chelsea game. Uh, following the two one win at Wolves, yes, uh, we leapfrog Wolverhampton Wanderers in the table up in the fifth place. Yep. Uh, the team sitting in fourth is Chelsea. Um, when Mourinho took over, they were twelve points clear of us, possibly more, but definitely twelve. Yeah. Uh, they are now three points out of us. A win for us will give us fourth place going in the Christmas day with a superior goal difference. Yep. Um, it's a massive game. It's at I'm the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. Um, it's Mourinho versus Lampard, which has its own little fun side story to it. Mourinho against Chelsea. He's this week been quite uh, clever in referring to Chelsea constantly as them. Uh, I know the press in his press conference today tomorrow are going to be all over this yeah um but but from my point of view um i i like the way chelsea have integrated some of the younger players uh tammy abraham for example is a striker i've rated a lot for a few seasons 
I had hoped he would leave Chelsea because <laughs> Chelsea yeah. don't really do much for the younger players. Um, and I'd hoped, you know, a bit like Lukaku, really. I'd hoped he'd move to a club, Everton, another side where he would do well. Yeah, um, same with Mason Mount. I was hoping, you know, but then Lampard has come in and yeah, he's I gone, mean, ah, you guys were good last year. Well, they are good. They are good players and Chelsea have got a number of them. The one thing I would say about the Chelsea side is I still, I'm still not convinced by them defensively. Um, no. I think we have the power in attack to smash them. I really do. I think Bournemouth now, showed it again to when Bournemouth beat them 1-0. If you can kind of keep them at bay and keep them in the middle of the park yeah, and then hit them on the counters and stuff, they're vulnerable. They, they, are, got the def- pace. they, are, they are definitely vulnerable. Um, the, the thing is, of course, is we're saying that both safe in the knowledge that we are too. Um, yeah. We... I mean, I joked a few weeks ago, we have to score at least three goals a game to, to even have a chance. Um, you know, we go 3-0 up, and I think everyone in the stands will go, OK, that's 1-0. Yeah, okay. um, Yeah, you know, that's, that's 1-0, or, or maybe 0-0. Um, so, I am nervous because uh, I don't like us ever losing the Chelsea or Arsenal. Nope. Um So, going into these games, I always feel that little bit of nerves. But then on the flip side, I, I do feel... We have got a real great chance of winning the game. Ah, uh, see, so I'm nervous on a different level. Okay. United hadn't been playing well. United went up against their own manager, and they played fantastically. Yeah. Are there many of those Chelsea players that are there with a bit of a point to prove, like United players did, where they're going to play against Mourinho, this Chelsea? Yeah. You know, I don't want to say the legend, but you know, it is well loved at Chelsea for the type trophies he won. Yeah. Are there going to be players there that are going to have that same momentum that United had? Uh, quite possibly. That's what, quite, but, that's what mean, makes me worried. Quite possibly, mate. But that's not something you can legislate for. I mean, we, we were poor against Man United. Yeah. The, the players were poor. They've all come out and said it. Um, and if the players had performed, we'd have won that game. Um, so, I'm... <laughs> Any football game, you know, you're going to win, you're going to lose, you're going to draw. Yeah. Uh, in the Premier League especially, you, you don't show up, you, you'll lose. So, providing we show up, we've had a week to prepare. Uh, there's no there's no excuses. we we got to show up. You know, it's a massive game. And if we can get the win, then yeah. going into fourth place into Christmas... That's well, huge. It's massive. Compared from where we were... Where I had all but written off top four this season. I, I was on this podcast saying, look, we're all just going to have to accept it's a transition season. I think we all, I think all the fans had kind of gone, all right, let's try, just try to get Europa just to make yeah. sure we've got some European yeah. football this season. But, but, but now, now we're back in it, genuinely. We are back in the fight for the top four. Um, so being back in it at all is an indictment of us turning it around, but also the other teams being calamitous. Yeah. Um, you know, Arsenal, for example, started the season really well. Then they went downhill horrifically, sacked the manager. Oh, it's um, beautiful, isn't it? It, it is yeah. beautiful. Well, um, just on the scum, they're going to appoint Mikel Arteta, according to every source and rumour in the world. Do you think that's going to fix them? No, but I absolutely love the fact that Arsenal are getting Arteta and Everton are potentially getting Ancelotti. Yeah, I'm like somewhere down the line that's gone backwards. I'm still not convinced that's going to happen. That that seems a very odd rumor. That one. 
Yeah, they, I mean, they're talking about it a lot. They are definitely talking about it a lot, but um, I've, uh, yeah, I, I've not seen, yeah, I'm still not convinced. But yeah, the Arteta one, I'm, I'm again, a bit, I know he's he's been trained by Pep Guardiola, and he's been kind of like, originally was kind of like being almost groomed up for the Man City job, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think they've done a weird one on that. Surely they would have wanted more experience and more kind of player power. He didn't play for that long for Arsenal, you know? No. He's not even like a Lampard going into Chelsea with little experience, but a club legend. Yeah. And I really want to see him get relegated because that would just make me so happy. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're not going to get relegated, but I definitely want to see him finish in the bottom half of the table. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Um... Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll have to wait and see. But I uh, focusing on us, uh, Chelsea game. Uh, it's it's probably the biggest game of our season so far due to the circumstance. Yeah. Um, I know we've had big games previously. Again, all down to circumstance. Right now, every single player must be under no illusions. This is massive because you get into that top four going into Christmas. Everybody in the club can just go. Oh, right, we're where we should be now. Yeah, the first now, half is gone. Yeah, Let's crack now, on. yeah, now we go from here. You know, we we can kick on. We can catch third. We can catch second. Yes, yeah. let's, let's finish as high as we can. Let's cement this and let's lift that FA Cup. You know, you know, let's go after the Champions League. Let's let's show everybody who we really are now. Yeah. Um, you lose the game and it's back to a six point gap, and all of a sudden this. Ugh, you know, you got that horrible feeling. So, we we can win the game. It's yeah, a massive boost, but yeah. we've got to go out there and do it. Um, okay, so that's that. I mean, all that's left then is to go across to our Facebook page because we have a few notes from our fans. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. say our fans fellow Tottenham fans fellow t- no right. I think they're our fans well your yeah. fans I'm stepping Steph so your fans at least stepping Steph <coughs> I've never yeah. stepped in a Steph before Bum bum bum. Hey. episode 69 okay the first one uh, is from David Hunt uh, David says according to the Telegraph Mourinho wants to streamline the squad in January will he succeed where Pochettino failed uh, by the way, in the same edition, there's a thing with Daniel Levy on stadium naming rights. Yeah, that wasn't a surprise to me. I, um, I'm i a bit of a financial nerd, and it's been quite a well-known thing for a while how much Daniel Levy wants for the naming rights. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's, it's not a surprise. To be honest with you, uh, if he hangs on, he'll get it. Um, he'll become the Amazon Stadium or something, and we, you know... Maybe. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, they pay the money. I'd, I'd call it, you know, Tampax Arena. I don't give a crap. I'd, I'll if they're going to pump Lane. up that money, yeah. Yeah, I'll call it White Hart Lane regardless. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I'll call it whatever. I just. I, it's one of those things I'm not precious about. You know, the White Hart Lane, as I knew and loved, is gone. Yeah. The new stadium's been built. We're moving forward. So Isn't it, wasn't it Newcastle years ago when they changed it to the Sports Arena? the sports yeah. direct arena and yeah. every Newcastle fan went it's in James's Park yeah we're yeah. going to be exactly the same you can call that stadium whatever you like yeah. Yeah. we're yeah, still going to we're going down the lane we're yeah. still going to yeah. be Spurs from the lane 
Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't bother me at all. Um, and I do think you'll get it. And the reason why I think that is because the Premier League as a commodity around the world is massive. Um, the markets that it reaches, the amount of people who watch the games. You add the Champions League to that as well. And the yeah. exposure, you know, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium gets said in every language around the world constantly at the moment. So brand awareness for us as a club from having the stadium called that has been great. Yep. But it will also highlight to massive companies, hmm, hang on a minute, Champions League, Premier League, add to that NFL. We've got an NFL deal for a minimum of two games a season for the next eight years that runs. NFL audience is massive. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's an American audience. And so Premier League, Champions League, NFL, plus the events. I mean, we've got Guns N' Roses playing there. You know, imagine you have yeah. the naming rights, Guns N' Roses playing at the whatever it is, arena, stadium, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So it's massive. It is it is an astronomical fee once, but I do think you'll hold on, you'll get it. So mm-hmm. I'm not fussed. The other part of that was about streamlining the squad. Um, there's a few players. I don't understand why Wayne Yarm has made appearances so far, but there's a few players that can definitely go. Well, there, there's absolute chaff. In amongst it, uh, you know, Wanyama's won. I mean, he's got to go. Um, he just ain't a player anymore. Um, no, I like the guy. I I thank you, thank him very much for those couple of seasons he gave us as an absolute rock. Yeah, I love his song. Always makes me smile when they sing his song. But yeah. time is done. Time is done. Yeah. So, um, uh, do I think you'll succeed where Mauricio failed? Uh, no. Because it's still not him in charge of it, it's Daniel Levy. So I like to think he's going to have a little bit more of a kick in it, though. Um, I I think that's your hope rather than expectation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So the next one is going to be an interesting one. Tazwar Safir says, "Do you think Gazaniga deserves to be benched when Hugo comes back? Do you think Jose will do it?" So basically, what he's (sighs) saying is, when Hugo's back, is Hugo walking back into the team? This is difficult. He's mm. made a couple of mistakes, but then so has Lloris in the last six months. Yeah. He's made some fantastic... There was one of the saves against uh, Wolves. Yeah. Where he just stuck his arm out, and he's a good goalkeeper. So is Lloris. Yeah, I'm really going to be struggling with this one. Okay. Because there's big arguments both ways. Um, For me, if fit, Lloris starts... We the big criticism of Hugo Lloris has been his ability playing the ball out from the back. This kind of trepidatious, he, he just looked terrified doing it and looked on edge doing it. He doesn't have to uh, be Mourinho under yeah. Jose. That's changed. We're not playing this high line where he's going to be forced to come steaming out quite as much. It's a different thing. The one thing every Tottenham fan could agree on with Lloris is when it comes to shot stopping in his box and everything he's brilliant he's still number one that's where he's going to be he's going to be back that's his primary role keeper again yeah Um, so for me he he comes back in the one thing for me that would be different and perhaps it won't happen but I wouldn't have the captain's armband on him I'd leave it with Kane me and Matt spoke about this last week yeah leaving Kane I think he has to yeah um yeah, but I mean the comments on this post on the Facebook is everyone seems to be like get um get no get rid of Larice. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't 
surprising. Yeah, I'm quite surprised for that. So the last one is from Liam Hickey. Liam says, how long will the new manager honeymoon period last? I personally think he's already gone. Yeah, think... that ended at Munich. Well, I, I felt it ended with Man United. I felt the honeymoon period was well and truly over. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think I titled the podcast that for that week. I think you did, um, actually, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we're in a honeymoon period anymore. I don't think the fans are... Uh, you know, ro- you know, lily white spectacle glasses. I, I don't think we ever had a real honeymoon period with Mourinho because no. of the way Poch went and how everyone was like, "Damn!" It, it wasn't a case of we'd had enough of the manager, get rid of him. Yeah, we've got someone new in. Well, the way it was all done so quickly, I don't think we fully had a honeymoon period. No, I think I think there was a lot of fans who were done with Mourinho. Um, but uh, uh, me and a high number of others certainly weren't. Um, so yeah, it was a heart wrenching time. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I think it's done. I think if there was a honeymoon period at all, I think it's over. Um, I think now it's very much focus and business and moving yeah. forward. I mean, Jose still has this kind of aura around him. The um, humble one, whatever it is they're calling it, yeah. Yeah, no. What so, that's the load that of bollocks in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but where, how long that lasts when Tottenham go into full Spursy, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but we'll see. I mean, Jose, again, has been very vocal about the fact he doesn't want to make massive changes in January with people coming in. Um, I think for us fans, that hurts because we can see positions that clearly need upgrading. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, the financial reality of where we are as a football club and the, the way we are run as a football club. Um, I think Jose's accepted it but upon taking the job rather than what we all hoped he was assured of funds being available. Um, he seems to have taken the job on board based on the fact he rates the squad and he thinks he can do something with it. Um, Which is different. I mean, I don't think it's well, a bad thing. It, it's not... What we wanted to hear, we wanted to hear that we were going to sell six players and bring in ten fantastic players or something. But I mean, me, me and Dan uh, from the Spurs news page had this conversation the other day. There is a rumor, and it isn't proved, but there's a rumor. There's a release clause in the contract for Timo Werner, uh, German international, plays for RB Leipzig, who we've drawn. We're going to see them soon. Yep. Um, now the release clause thirty million euros. Which is twenty-seven million pounds. He's a ridiculously um, good player for that price. He is massively. I mean, he signed a new deal with them, but apparently that was the thing of signing the new deal was that there would be a release clause. Um, I I can't imagine a world where we shouldn't be paying that in January. No. One, it takes away the best player from the team we've just drawn the Champions League. Two, yeah. he is a genuine play, genuine player who can play both nine. And wide because of his pace. Yeah. So he he can do both, like Sadio Mane kind of style. He can do that. He could play easily, be back up to Kane. Something that we desperately need. And for that money nowadays, that's crazy. Isn't nothing. It? He is that such is a good nothing. striker for that money. Yeah, he's netted uh, seventeen times in nineteen games this season. He, he why. There isn't a line of clubs I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a strange one. But apparently Chelsea are going to sign him. Well, of course. Which is painful to think about. 
But yeah, um, we're being linked with Jared Bowen from Hull. Um, which if we spend the same sort of money as Timo goes for, I do think Dan, one of our admins, will jump. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. I think a lot of people Just so everybody knows, he will go. Um, So I will put him on suicide watch should that happen quickly. Uh, But mate, big thank you for joining me this week. Um, We will be back. Now this is the big moment. We will be back for a Christmas special, which will be live, uh, downloadable, streamable on Christmas Eve, which will just be us being silly for a while. Uh, Yeah, we're talking Tottenham, but general silliness and frivolity. Uh, we're going to be talking about Tottenham through the last decade, because of course after New Year, that's a whole new decade we're going into. Yes. You, as part of your homework for this podcast, have been putting together your team of the decade. Honestly, it, it, people that are listening now, try and make your team of the decade. It is yeah. so... I've had to have subs. I've had to put in subs. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. there are subs, no, because it's no, impossible. I won't accept it, no. It is impossible. You, no, no, you're failing. You've got to have an eleven. Oh man, it's an eleven. No subs. No. Oh, I want to put him or him. No. An I have 11. to clarify. I have to clarify. Yeah. Does the Legends match count because they played in the Spurs stadium in the Spurs team? No. Okay. It just checking. Yeah. Just checking. Bad. Those three out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. That helped. <laughs> So yeah, mate, thank you for that. We'll be back for a Christmas special on Christmas Eve. Uh, Until then, everybody, look after yourselves. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.